1: Weather's turned, as they say. The weathers turned. Storms. Well, I actually quite enjoyed all that frost and that cold, though. Because I, um, I had the Carrera Tea. I went down New Forest, favorite place. I love it. And it was all icy and slippery. And I was like, oh, look at me go. I felt <laughs> like I was in Sweden sliding around like a drift master. Did, did you end up in a bush? No, oh, no, but I nearly did. Mm. Um, I went to Dunsfold. Yeah. Favorite, my, like one of my go to filming roads. Mm. Usually pretty quiet, it's got a real smooth section that then goes really bumpy. Yeah, um, gave it large out of my corner, nearly died. I'll yeah. show you the clip after this, like oh, full wow. on, nearly died. And I was like, Oh, well, that's embarrassing. I'll leave it in though. Did you uh, leave it in? Yeah, yeah, I yeah it in. good boy, pretended like it was on purpose. <laughs> Hello, one and all, and welcome to Behind the Glass, your weekly automotive podcast hosted by two rather uninformed enthusiasts. Nah, 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 <laughs> nah. I'm Sam from the YouTube channel Seen 2 glass I'm Tony from Gravelwood Car Sales, And you can watch us each week. We hope you enjoy the episode. Tell me, did you survive the frosty conditions at the weekend? Well, I nearly crashed the M3. <laughs> apart from that yeah i did incredible how
2: (laughs) was the frost to blame or did you just pile it in no i didn't pile it in i had my children in the car oh my god so i was driving nice and sensibly and i come off a slip road i was yeah Mm. sometimes i drive brisk but because molly my youngest daughter she just goes daddy faster 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 (laughs) she loves it (laughs) that's amazing but i was genuinely driving conservatively conservatively i come off a big roundabout off the motorway onto a slip road and I turned the car left. Admittedly, I was in the outside of the two lanes and uh, it went straight. Yeah. I mean, it literally went straight, mate. And to the point I got so close to the barrier, I clipped the grass (gasps) verge before the barrier and I only didn't crash. I just literally, I didn't touch the pedals and I just straightened the wheel out and, and the car straightened
1: up. I, so there's a few things going on. I think I firstly, flapping. a lot of people got caught out like you, <laughs> yeah. including myself will come onto my store shortly. You need uh, a uh, Yep, definitely <laughs> two or three times. Because um, I saw a lot of people who had binned it over the weekend. Oh yeah. The thing is, lots of other countries will laugh at us because it was what? Maybe in the morning, minus three or minus four degrees Celsius. By midday, it was two or three. So it's not like some of the extreme weather you see in other parts of the world. But I just feel like we're unprepared so for the tires. It in this country. Well, firstly, yes, I would, I would suggest ninety-five percent, or if not ninety-nine percent, of people in this country are still on summer tires, mm. not winter tires, and the roads don't always get gritted or salted that well, Mm-mm. like some of the main roads do. But as you say, roundabouts or outside lanes seem to sort of get forgotten, and I do feel like in this country, like black ice or black frost, uh, is a thing in the sense where it's harder to spot because you because our weather's a bit, is it inclement, inclement? Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> don't ask me. It's too early in the morning for <laughs> yeah. big words, Tony. Um, but long story short, we're not always expecting extreme weather. So you think, oh, it's cold this morning. But you don't think that means, oh, the roads are going to be yeah. screwed up. So yeah. people just send it as if it were dry, like you did. No, then, I didn't
2: send it, mate. Like well, I you said, did.
1: You went round the outside of a roundabout yeah. launching it
2: in. No, I didn't. I Honestly, I don't do that with, with Kids in the car, or oh, actually, I only really do it when I'm on my own. Sure, when have you ever really been in the car with me on the road where I drive like an absolute lunatic? It, it won't yeah. be a thing, mate, because I, I don't, I won't do it with people in the car, I only do it when okay. I'm on my own because sure. I'm going to kill myself then and that's no problem. But what a bright start to the
1: episode! <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad you survived, I'm glad the M3 survived. Uh, so, yeah, I would blame the tyres there because obviously it's X drive, so you'd think at least. You'd get some kind of clever talk vectoring something going on. I wouldn't blame the tyres at all. It's just too cold, and the tyres were
2: cold. I mean, does not matter if I'd have had winter tyres, I still would have gone then. Do you think? 100%. Yeah. Because yeah, what 100%. do
1: they say? It's winter tyres if the temperatures are below seven degrees Celsius or got- below.
2: I think it is. It's got probably the, the best all-round road car tyres anyway.
1: It's got the PS4s on it. Which are oh, but they're a bit sporty. They're a bit leery for mm. cold conditions. What, PS4? 4s Re- aren't they? Yeah, yeah, but they're not a... They're a sportier tyre. Probably a sportier. But sport? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> well, the
2: clue is in
1: the name. But <laughs> well, I find not them
2: very good. I yeah, like no, them. no, they are. They are. And
1: as I say, like... I I work closely with Pirelli, uh, but they're not paying me to say this. I I see the benefits in changing to winter tyres in certain countries, and obviously parts of mainland Europe, Italy, and uh, uh-huh. mountainous regions you have to. Yeah, yeah. In this Germany. country, uh, until recently, it's felt like a bit of an overzealous move mm. to bolt winter tyres on most cars. But we do get five to ten days of weather per year where winter tyres may benefit you.
2: Some people, by the way, mate, that live in the country and up north, That I bet you'll find, they do run around, they'll have a winter set in their garage. I'm sure, I'm yeah, sure. Yeah. Like,
1: it, I, oh, Hey, look, I have had enough press conferences and re- read enough press materials to understand the benefits of winter tyres. I'm of not course. knocking that. Yeah. But in this country guaranteed if we sit here and say to everyone next year you should really get winter tires it will change your life there will not be one day where they're appropriate do you see what i mean like yeah, yeah. we're not really a country where you get three or four months of needing winter tires no. we have it's it's a it's a week or 10 days where, like our summer as i say yeah, part, yeah literally <laughs> we got five days of heat and five days of cold yeah. the rest of the time it's gray it's just and wet horrible, yeah. um but anyway okay fine well you nearly died i nearly died too <laughs> tell, I had the, tell us i had the carrera tea on loan we're not going to go into too much because I've got a main channel video going live on Sunday. So we'll oh, talk I about wrote it. that off on purpose, me. <laughs> 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 I'd have piled that into a bush just, just for the sake of it. I was having a brilliant time at <laughs> yeah. first. I was like, this is so much fun. Look at me go. I'm like a rally driver away. And then, um, and then I went into a corner a bit too fast, gave it a bit too much gas on the exit and oh, big tank slapper. I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. left and right. Left, right. Did you pull down. that funny face? That- yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I thought, bloody hell. You know when it kind of, life passes before your eyes. And yeah. I thought, oh, this is a phone call to Porsche I don't want to make. <laughs> you know, because it's embarrassing. Because they would have said, well, it is cold. Why were you driving that fast? I was like, well. It's well, well, I was um, testing the car. Yeah, so I, I definitely nearly died in that, um, which was good. Did I die in anything else? No, I don't think I did. The i5 is so heavy that that's never sliding that car. No, it's nice. always eighty five. We ran out of electric before it slides. And I didn't go in the Jag this week, so oh, okay. well, Nearly died, but survived. So we 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 live on. But look, talking <laughs> of the Carrera T, mm. I went to collect it from Porsche GB, which is also Porsche Reading. Yeah, which is always full of the most interesting cars in terms of their forecourt and their y- car park because yep. they have the. It's is it is that the. Porsche Retail HQ that's like their flagship it dealership. Is, yes. They do all the Carrera GTs and 918s and stuff. Correct. So yeah, their car park or forecourt is always full of very interesting cars that are very uniquely spec 992 GT3 Touring, and 997.2 Turbo S, lots of nice stuff like that. A thousand cans. But then obviously on the other side of the car park you have Porsche GB, so mm-hmm. the headquarters of that with all the press cars, marketing cars, staff cars. The reason I bring it up is I have noticed over the last four or five years that I've been working with Porsche. Yeah. How much they are pushing or have adopted crazy colours into their range. Yeah, that's where the money is. Now, I hate to say you were right, Tony, or Mm. you told us, Mm. but I think we spoke about this quite a long time ago, the fact that manufacturers basically reacted to the uplift in uh, vehicle wrapping, car wrapping, uh, painted PPF, uh, even just modifications, you know, black wheels, you know, mm. that became such a fad for a long time. Then you know, some manufacturers roll that out. And Porsche are one that I just feel like are leading the way in that sense where on most of their standard range now, you can choose pretty exciting colours. So if you go and spec a Carrera T, you can get that ruby star Neo, yeah. the pinky colour, which used to be a special optioned colour. And yeah. BMW, I think, are pretty
2: good with their individual range. I think the difference with Porsche as well is because... Uh, not to me, but to the general public, they're still consider, uh, considered a niche, smallish brand, as in, you know, it's sort of an alternative to Ferrari or Lamborghini. But when you look at the cars, then I mean, they are a full-on mass brand now, mate. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, um, you know, so they they adopt that, that smaller brand special mentality, but really they're the likes of, BMW, Audi, Mercedes—not quite as big, but but they are a mass car maker, mm-hmm. which is why they've got to do so many electric models because of their CO two emission things as well. Whereas, you know, some of the smaller brands they have to do less because their their factory doesn't admit as many emissions. Essentially, so um, look, Ferrari have been doing it for a very very long time. Um, then Lamborghini, McLaren have done it with their MSO uh, of, quite a while as yeah, well. Yeah, Um but, but Porsche have obviously just
1: took the idea and put it into mass, yeah. basically. Because it, as I say, it's the standard palette that they are seemingly focused on. And maybe it's been the Uplift and interest in paint to sample colors, the popularity of unique shades. Obviously, once they're in the standard palette, they're no longer that unique. No. But I just was aware it's a very colorful car park. When yeah. you arrive at Porsche GB or, or Porsche Reading, it's a very colorful car park. And and I, you say, don't know where that came from because historically, especially in this country, it's gray, black, and dark blue, right? Yeah, yeah, you yeah, know, for sure. We have very bland colors colored cars yeah, I mean, all
2: round the all around the world mate in general you know when you go all around the world the most popular colors are, are gray black white. blue white yeah. silver was a while it's tarped you know topped off a bit or towed off a bit sorry um <clears throat> but yeah they were the four or five main colors essentially
1: would you i know you love your blacks if i force you to choose a color is there a colour you lean towards usually for your cars?
2: Mm, I I, re- I like a grey. <laughs> I, I like the I like I like crayon. I like a nice blue. I've okay, had, there we go. That's I've a colour because the
1: other ones were just probably, different shades of black. But no, right.
2: yeah, but the um, my probably my two favourite cars I've ever had were both blue. Fair, the, okay. The coupe light blue California Pista that I had. Yep. and the the blue Nart Pista Spider. <clears <clears <throat>
1: Absolutely, you're right. they yeah. were
2: probably my two nicest cars that I've had, and they were both blue. Yeah, okay. So, yeah. but yeah, it, but normally I go.
1: You like darker colours.
2: Well, because I always got my co- resale, mo- yeah, resale <laughs> motor trade head on. Of course, so you have. I'm always thinking about how I get out of it. You yeah. know, like if you if you order a snot green Porsche. You know, it's gonna be harder to get out of than a black one. It yeah. just is. Not
1: if you have Pasha seats though, then <laughs>
2: <laughs> they yeah. fly out the door. Yeah, especially do. if
1: you have four pasha uh, seats. Oh my god. Well Do we talk about that? Yeah, I mean yeah. we can, but I gotta be honest. Uh <laughs> based on the comments of my YouTube video, I'm not sure I can be Uh oh you oh you put it out, it's
2: got uh, the, so it went out they've on, gone in on
1: you? Well no, but just boring comments. You're like Right. Why would you put your daughter in a GT3? She's going to go deaf. Yeah, I agree. What? What? (laughs) That was me who wrote that. (laughs) (laughs) Dick. You know, I'm so fortunate where you, the podcast audience, and my main channel audience, are are usually very intelligent, lovely people that I adore engaging with and reading comments from. Mm. Um, But every now and again, I put out a video that just seems to attract... Strange people. (laughs) I don't think
2: they're followers, mate. I I think the core people are very, as you said, intelligent. Mm. And then occasionally we attract some... Stupid people.
1: Well, you know, I get it. It's a weird and controversial thing to do, right? Putting rear seats in a GT3. Yeah. And there's going to be people who are just, you know, obsessed with that color You've ruined the entire ethos of that car. And what is the point? It's a GT3. It should be. I get it. Like, I totally understand where you're hey, coming scenario. from. No, it's your car. But there we go. Yeah, That's the point. And I tried to explain in the video, the reason I chose this company, GT3 Belt, yeah. is because they keep with the ethos of a GT3, I lightweight. They do everything they can to keep the weight down and reduced so they use the same lightweight um sound insulation all these different things and people are going "Why? why have they just done that that's crap and i'm like well because you just said it needs to be light it needs to be so we're trying to stick with that Mm. so for example you know this because we went we actually got into the back of a 992 at, at your dealership the rear upper back bench of a rear sorry the the back bench of a rear seat in a 992 is a disaster yeah, the, 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 getting into both of them were just as bad, and it offers no protection. Nothing. It's a two plus two. So it's got no headrest, got it's no restraint. It's a disaster. Um, but everyone was just going, "This is so dangerous. You should have the backbench." I was like, "Well, have you actually sat in a nine nine two mm. and experienced the backbench?" Anyway, as you can see, I'm a little bit riled up by it. So, but it, you shouldn't be, mate,
2: because if that's what you want, then that's it. Then, uh, you know, you haven't got to speak about it again. It's your car. If that's what you want to do, then that's what you want to do.
1: But I, Tony, I can't help it. The internet's still ten years on. <laughs> the the comment section can still get under my skin.
2: Yeah, but yeah, I can I can get that because sometimes, you know, it it winds me up for three or four seconds, and then I think, well, you know, who cares? Yeah, no where's bad. your where's your GT three? <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: it's a good mentality, I suppose. But as I say, I just. Yeah, that's so. We're going to move on from it. I'm, I'm happy. I'm excited. I thought the work that yeah, was done was so great. You be. And so,
2: um, and you
1: got Ferrari as well. I mean,
2: I mean, t- flipping hell, mate. You got, you got, got a Ferrari. You used to get driven in a Rolls Royce to school. <laughs> you got a Ferrari and it a, was a Range
1: Rover. It wasn't a Rolls Royce.
2: a BMW knocking around somewhere. There's a Jag. Big high-powered Jaguar Ooh. that does four to the gallon. I mean, oh, look at me. you're not doing too bad, son.
1: <laughs> uh, now, I wanted to touch on your S500, which I believe is now sold. I sold it. In Unbelievable! Oh, I yeah. mean, ridiculous. What a cool car! Lovely car. Because it got me thinking. The minute you told me about the price of that car and everything that was going on, I thought, "Wow, there's got to be a few other super lux." <laughs> cars mm. that have suffered these, aggr- like, aggressive depreciation. Because what would that car be new? A hundred grand? Over, yeah. Over a hundred mm. grand. And That's very be- normal, by the way. As in, <clears throat> you know, they've always...
2: Depreciated like a stone,
1: yeah, All, yeah, always, always. And 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 it's usually been things like A8s, S classes, mm. 7 series, but mm. that's an attractive thing. The big Eight, 840 BMWs, oh, 640 hold BMW. on, <laughs> you've, you've <laughs> just taken my point out of my mouth. Panameras, oh, what a dream! Come on, we keep going if you want because that's what I was going to come to you. I would, I, I had a look around, mate. Oh, cool, to see what's going on. <laughs> Lovely. And an 840 eyes, mate, they are. Car? What a bargain! Because slightly newer mm. than the than the S class, you're looking at a 2018, 2019 car, 840 beautiful looking thing, modern tech, BMW infotainment system, similar kind of money, mm. insane bargain.
2: But I would have, I'd still have the S class over that car. Would you? Oh, mate, that S class, literally, still drove like a modern car today. Mm. People forget that, you know, when S classes come out, they normally lead the way in tech and you know, innovation and stuff. Sure. <clears throat> and it still felt like a modern car. Yeah. I drove it back from Northamptonshire, so I'd I run 100-odd miles in it. And But it's just the tech, right, that lets you down? Well, it's, it, it, it had, the, the you know, the advanced modern tech from Mercedes at that time. Sure. And it still looks okay, but, yeah, it's not not as good as a 2023 or 2024 car. And, mm. like I always say... There's probably gonna be a bill at some point. Yeah. That's the problem. There's probably that's the be a problem with it. You know, you're you're driving you're driving really a hundred grand oddish car for thirty five grand. Mm. You know, so the bill's still the same, <laughs> mate. There's still and a fortune. The, and Are Mercedes in general expensive to run or is that a bad
1: assumption? Uh,
2: Servicing costs are quite expensive still compared to the competitors because they're still on annual servicing, whereas most of the competitors now are on biannual. Um, So, yeah, servicing costs are expensive. But in general, mate, Mm, they're pretty good now. They're pretty good. M- It'd be electrical
1: stuff. Uh, just be mindful because it's, it's a nearly ten-year-old car. That car. Oh. correct? Yeah. yeah. Whereas, and here we go. I get to bring in Stockwatch. Perfect timing. Uh-huh. Um, here's a 840i that I found. So this is a, a BMW Farnborough. Uh-huh. Forty-five grand for a 2022 yeah. 840i. Great car. Oh, 5,000 miles on the clock mm. with the M Sport Pro Pack. I mean, that's nearly brand new car, mate. 75,
2: 80 grand car, mate. Yeah. yeah,
1: beautiful spec. Blue with the light cream interior. Yeah. 2022 car, mate. Yeah. I know the 850i is maybe the more equivalent to the S500. Correct. But I just still think they're advertising as a PCP of 585. Yeah. What a thing. I almost want to go and buy it now.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it's so
1: cool. But this is,
2: this is the thing. Because we've lived in this bubble where everything's been so expensive and now it's all come back down. Like when you look around now, you think, you know, cars now have never been cheaper than yep. they have the last few yep. years. So you look at stuff now and you think, flipping hell, what a lot of car that is. And obviously as a, as dealers, when we're buying cars, because over the last couple of years, we've been looking at cars and thinking, God, that's a lot of money, that mm. car. But you've got to buy it because you've got to stock it. You know, um, and that's the thing Like people sometimes say to me, Tony you knew that this big drop has been coming for a long time you spoke about it why why have you been caught with all the depreciation it's because i can't sell empty spaces yeah you know i have to keep going with the market and and hope i don't get caught too much you can't we all know it's coming but you, you can't have a four caught full of nothing yeah, you not yeah, yeah, make any
1: it's worse even worse it's so, like um Martin Brundle always says on the F1 commentary, "the best tire, the, the best tire to be on is the no. What is it? <laughs> this <laughs> is going to work really well. But he's talking about you know when it's interchangeable conditions. Yeah, and the yeah, fastest yeah, yeah. tire is the tire for that lap. What you know what I mean? Like, Correct. Yeah, you yeah. You got to be yeah. on at that right at moment. That right, at that point. that right where yeah. you can't think. Oh, in five laps time, it's going to be raining, so I'll put the wets on now. Correct. You got to keep the dries on until it's raining yeah. type things. So. Yeah, 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 yeah. Anyway, well, I was I say from from a from a stock watch point of view that 840i i absolutely love and so someone else go and buy it because at that money mate, 500 quid a month mm. i'm all over that mate i like and that for me what i love my modern bmws what, yeah, yeah. they are quite big the 8 series but I, anyway that's I a lovely spec now. 2022 car winner my next stock watch tony's done none by the way this week because he's been busy selling cars so stock watch is all with me but that's right you can react i sent you this link in the week the incredible RS4 oh, done yeah. at Epsom Audi. But that's not good value for money. Well, hold on a sec, because this is off the back of our chat last week where we spoke about RS4s and RS products yeah. in general. Yeah. So I found this one, which I thought was lovely. It's a 2015 car. Yeah, last of them. Last of them. It's got the bucket seats inside, yeah. which is super nice. Is Sun, it like a sunroof
2: edition or a, an addition something? Uh, I don't think no. so. Okay, It's this a good a, spec one.
1: Yeah, good spec. Sunroof, mm-hmm. sports exhaust, b and um, 48,000 miles. Mm-hmm. It's okay and 35 grand. Yeah. Now you say that's not good value. That isn't that's a more expensive RS4, a 2015 RS4 for sure. You can find some closer to 30 than 35. Yeah, but, but for that spec and it's a main dealer, yeah. So what will they offer you? Will they give you some extra warranty or anything? Well, you'll get
2: you'll get um you'll get a main dealer warranty with it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, but once they're used, mate, the main dealer warranties are not really any better than the warranties you get from Independent, Independence, no, because they're not they're not underwritten by their manufacturer anymore. So it's just a used like, Yeah, it's just got their stamp on it. But fine. the the regu- you know, not the regulations, the the warranties will still not cover if you've got a manufacturer warranty, for instance, not to three year old car, it's belt and braces. It's okay. everything. But once obviously a car becomes nearly ten years old, there's obviously certain things where they'll say, Well, sorry, sir, that's not covered, that's not covered because it's ten years old. It's used it's a used car. So um, whereas a, a new car, if anything goes wrong,
1: pretty much it's covered. So the interesting thing here is, right, if you take these two cars that I've pulled out for this week, yeah, I see what you're saying by that's not good value in the sense where that's a 2015 car with mm. 50,000 miles yeah. at 35 grand where that 840i is two years old with less than 5,000 miles and there's a 10 grand price difference. And I bet... You correct me if I'm wrong, that RS4 will not be cheap to finance. No. Because it's an older car. You can't PCP it. You can't PCP it. No. So residual values and things like that. Obviously you could argue that maybe the balloon would be quite high because it's Well, ne- there's
2: very, very specialist banks that will finance that car and you'll find what happens in general, um, you've got to wait for a man cash. cash or, yeah. or he's trading up for part exchange, which sure. is another reason why I try not to sell high value older cars because you're limiting your market and um <clears throat> you're limiting the the person that can buy it because mm-hmm. not too many people have got 35 grand just hanging around yeah they can exa- afford 500 quid a month so that that's the difference and that will be the difference between that 840 and that um,
1: well, you've got 500 quid a month PCP mm. through through BMW again, but both of these are main dealer cars, by the way. Manufacturer warranty, a couple of things like that. Around 500 quid a month PCP. Or you're going to be looking probably around what? At least eight or 900 quid on a, on a on higher a purchase? HP, yeah.
2: Yeah, yeah, you probably get, well, like, yeah, again. It depends on
1: deposits and everything. It depends
2: on everything, mate. Like, um, <clears throat> and as well, like people, you're still 10% APR. Yeah. People just go, you know, I'll just pay for it. So, yeah. Um, what's obviously happened there is is that the RS4 has the depreciation hasn't been as high you know Mm -hmm. that car Mm -hmm. would have been 60 grand now yeah so it's done well whereas the the 840 would have been 75 it's a tank so it's lost more money basically than the Mm. RS4 has done in four years and I took a car in stock the other day that was very very similar to the um, RS4 I took a Focus RS in Ah, interesting. Uh, yeah, like an RS edition. So, Where, right, which what generation? Uh, sixty-eight plates. The, the oh, Marf- the, new, the, the, the drift mode. The, one. The, yeah, yeah, the drift mode car. And they've done well. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Because um, they're thirty-five grand new. Hmm. Um, this car's still going to be twenty-nine grand. With, wow. Yeah, yeah. With wow. forty thousand miles on it. Wow. So that's happy yeah. motoring, isn't it? Not. It's, it's all right, isn't it? Yeah. It's, it's not bad. So. Um, but the difference is that guy, you still PCP because it, it's mm. only
1: four odd years old. Is that your stock watch? Are you stock watching your own stock? Actually, Sam, I do have something I can include in stock watch this week. No, it's only because
2: I was thinking <laughs> of value for money. Yeah, and, no, fair. and you can, that's the bit, that's the one in between really, where it's not really done a lot of money and won't now, obviously, mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. it's past that point and you can still PCP it. Yeah. So that, that's, Incredible
1: value. That's a future topic, isn't it? Because, and I'm, I'm sure, actually, I can speak to Magnitude about this and get some insights. I think what would be fascinating is the cars that seem good value in terms of uh, price, advertised price, but actually are more expensive to finance than you think, and vice versa. Because, as I say, you know, an old RS Four, you look at, oh, what a car for thirty grand, like amazing. Unless you've got the cash, that actually might end up being double the money per month uh, of, uh, of an M2. Yeah. What you are going to speak like to Magnitude for? Yeah. I,
2: mean, I can tell you all that. Well...
1: <laughs> I just thought i get all the quotes from oh, you. Can okay. you get quotes? Of course. Oh, okay. i will do well. everything, mate. It's all it's all here. it's all all up here, son. Sorry, Magnitude. You've been usurped. <laughs> <laughs> Tony's a new competitor. Yeah. Um, okay, so what's... What's that car going to be... What's that RS4 going to be financed? Five, oh, grand, I don't five know. grand in? It won't be a lot. No, but, but The, r- what the RS what, sorry? RS4, the one that... Oh, it'll car. still be a few quid. But what... <laughs> don't tell me a number. The, you just said why 30, you...
2: 30 grand on HP.
1: Yeah. Oh, Seven or wow. eight hundred pound a month. Okay. I'll get a quote from Magna Gin. it ain't far checking. off. I won't be far off. Okay. Do it now. <laughs> <laughs> Do it now. Do it now. <laughs> uh, let's move on and move away from Stockwatch. Uh, we've got some car news to discuss. Now, we haven't. Uh, at the time that this episode is posted um, to YouTube at least. Uh, the McCann EV is going to be unveiled. Oh. I did actually ask Porsche for an under-embargo press release so that we could discuss it. Haven't replied to me.
2: Actually so. <laughs> actually coming. As yeah, in... yeah,
1: fully revealed. Right. Yeah, the whole deal. So we'll have to talk about that next week. So apologies if you're tuning in to get McCann EV news. Um, we've got a few other bits that we can discuss that have basically been launched or unveiled over the last few weeks that we haven't discussed. So firstly, mm. did you see, particularly on the BMW theme, they're bringing back a manual Z4. Are they? Yeah. What, like the bread fan one? No. Oh, <laughs> that would be really cool. So I guess it's off the back of the manual Supra. Uh, yeah. So Same car. The there's a there's a manual. I think it's the is the M40i. Let's just check. Yeah. Manual Z4. Now, I am obviously a manual fan. Mm. We know that you're not. But I think we can be realistic in the fact that manuals are kind of going out of, like, popularity. Like, like that's quite rogue for a manufacturer to bring back a manual gearbox. Here we go. BMW's has finally announced that Z4 uh, sports car will be available with a manual gearbox nearly a year after the three-pedal setup was added to the Supra. Mm. Um, it will be in the range-topping 335-horsepower M40i. I wonder who's done that, whether that's actually Toyota
2: or BMW who have done that, whether that's a Toyota gearbox or a BMW one, because the BMW
1: manual gearboxes are horrendous. BMW will probably not utilise the same manual gear linkage from the Supra. Toyota developed a new-weighted gear knob and built quite a few bespoke components for the manual Supra. Right. The manual Z4, on the other hand, will likely have its own feel with elements taken from other BMWs like the previous generation M240i and M340i. (laughs) both of which use a manual gearbox, the Z4s, blah, 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 blah. Um, oh, so
2: if you want a manual with that engine by the Supra, because it'll be better. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it will be. I mean, great. Well, they've got a bit of a shorter throw normally, the Toyota manuals, as in um, it's not
1: as long. I didn't love the manual M2, the latest M2. No. It's a bit squidgy, that gearbox. Yeah,
2: but, but in general, mate, when you go down the line BMWs, They've never really done great manuals.
1: Even if you go back to the to the great generation of E30s. Oh and, yeah, and, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, fine, yeah. But the modern stuff. The
2: modern stuff, yeah. yeah. But uh, I don't think they're the they're they're very good at. The manuals.
1: thing is, though, you definitely know better than most here. How many people are going in and ordering a manual Z4?
0: One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at UH1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. salads
2: generally for most people are the easy button right for me that wasn't an option i never really was a salad guy that's just not who i am but noom worked for me
0: get your personalized plan today at noom.com real noom user compensated to provide their story in four weeks the typical noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week individual results may vary
1: we moving forward because that car is a weird one isn't it it's it's the Z3, I think, was mega. It was a boxed arrival. It was z Z3 M Coupe and things like that. You know, it had its niche and it was a an enthusiast's car. But I think yeah. in recent years, the Z4 especially, has gone more towards the sort of Sunday driver thing. It's, you know it's not an enthusiast car, it's just someone who likes a convertible. You know what I mean? Yeah, I know exactly what you
2: mean, yeah. I mean, there's obviously some demand for it because they're, they're, they're doing it. But whether they're, whether they're doing it because Toyota are doing it and they're going to nick their gearbox, there's not really too much development to it. They're just going to change a couple of bits. But, you know, like we've said before, they normally put automatic gearboxes in, one, because the cars are too fast, and... Um, Secondly, that's what the public demand. Yeah. I mean, you know, so they do what the it's like, like the paint to sample stuff.
1: I think they've seen a surprising amount of interest in the manual Supra. And they've gone, oh, we need to put this in the third floor. Probably. I think, I think they've been surprised by how many people have bought that manual Supra and that's why they've done it. And they're
2: going to charge for it,
1: by the way. Oh, so yeah, well, yeah. yeah. It's op- like an three and a half grand in the US. Yeah, they haven't yeah. announced UK pricing, I don't think. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I just, you know, I'm like, Cool, great, like long live the manual. I'm a manual fan, but that's not a car that I think, I don't think Z4 buyers necessarily were going, if only this car came in a manual. Mm. No, it should definitely suit the Supra more than the, uh, than Just the BMW. An I still sure. haven't driven that new Supra, by the way. Have you? No, if you get one in stock, let me know. I've oh, well, yeah. had a few of them. they yeah, a good car. Well, speaking of Toyota, what perfect segue into facelift Yaris, GR Yaris. It's new car, yeah. yeah. apparently as well.
2: It's like literally a new car. Going to gonna offer an automatic, gearbox as well
1: automatic gearbox so here we go it's it's Revealed at the Tokyo Auto Show, um, host of mods see max power climb from 257 to 276, so nearly a 20 horsepower boost. Actually, no, just over 20 horsepower. That's my mm-hmm. math, isn't it? Mm-hmm. And 266 to 288 pound-foot
0: torque.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, they got a stronger valve train, sturdy exhaust valve materials, inject, increased fuel injection pressure, new lightweight pistons, and wear-resistant wings all help the Yaris thrash, uh, take more of a thrashing for longer. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, rigidity is up as well. The suspension... Has been toughened. The spring rates have been revised. Um, I mean, it just goes on and on. Here we go. Yeah. Uh, Eight-speed auto from the Gazoo Racing department, which I think will be interesting, actually. Yeah. Uh,
2: And I'll tell you what else is interesting Mm -hmm. is that uh, them GR Yaris's up until now have really done well value wise. Yeah. As in, now they're not going to because apparently they were going to make twenty five thousand of them. Now, there's a new car coming out. Yeah. They're going to make another 25,000 of them or whatever. There's going to be millions of them. So um, it'd be good for the general public because they are a great car, them
1: little Yosers. Great Yosos. car. And I, I, oh God, but they're I... too expensive now for what they are. Well, yes and no. I mean, uh, we talking about this about price of new cars. Mm. The the market is just moving on. Everything is more expensive. What did I drive the other day? Oh no! The, I mean, the Carrera T. We can talk about that. It's not reviewing the car. No. That's a well. At the price of the car I drove was 113 grand. Mm. I mean, It's essentially a base 911. Uh oh. It's very hard to buy a new 911 these days under 100 grand. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Which is crazy. So yeah, you know, yeah. everything's just more expensive. They haven't announced, I don't think, the pricing of that facelift GR Yaris yet. What was the... Uh, was no one 31 or 32 grand so like mm, that? A bit
2: more than a bit that, bit yeah. bit more. 32 and a half, 33 grand-ish
1: with the circuit pack. A 35 feels like it could be right, but you think it's going to push up towards 40? No, no, no.
2: no. I think, I don't think you will be far off 35 yeah. grand. But don't forget, mate, we live in a different world now. It'll be 35 grand. There's some money off. Low APR finance. So what happens to the old car is the old car will have to have another adjustment. Yeah. It ju- I mean, they already have had a little adjustment, but it's going to have another one. Sure. So. But um, then What a great car, at 25 grand. But they'll, they're definitely going to be that. They'll yeah, be, be 19,995, mate. Unbelievable. Yeah. What a thing.
1: Yeah. Well, yeah, I'm excited about that new GRS and I'm intrigued by the automatic one. I know it's a real little driver's car that probably will still make most sense with the manual. But if it's a GR, Gazoo Racing developed auto box, mm. it suggests that it's not going to be completely awful.
2: It might be a bit more. That might be 37 grand, the auto car, yeah. I
1: don't know. I just want to see what, what it would be like. Yeah, be interesting. I'd love
2: to drive that. Do me that. Yeah. Bit of yeah. lift off overseas, keep your foot in, big crash. Well.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, from the, not the bottom end of the market, but from spicy hot hatches, let's go right to the top. Two interesting developments in the world of hypercars, our favourite topics. Oh. So the, firstly, Oh. Red Bull. Do you know about the RB17? Well, what have you made, that car? No, no, they didn't. When the F1? Mm-mm. It's that skipped f- it? Yeah, because that was the COVID car. Oh. So they skipped it. They went straight to RB18. Right. So the RB17 is the missed car, which right. is a road car.
2: Uh, oh. Whoa. So they've just slotted that in, have they? Yeah. So basically... It's a Honda.
1: No, what? No? Huh? No, no. What are you on about, Honda.
2: Well, they They loose, used, used, loosely used Honda stuff, engine-wise, no? Oh, in the actual
1: race cars? Yeah. Oh, no, so this is a road car. This oh. is a road car. Essentially, it's the Valkyrie, but with Adrian Newey's hands not tied by Aston Martin. Because, you know, he walked away, or there was a bit of a, rumour has it, rumour has it, yeah. that there was a little bit of a falling out and a little bit of, along the Valkyrie process, aston martin pushing back a bit saying like no that costs too much we can't do that that's unnecessary and Adrian Newey basically went i'm over this yeah. i'm walking away and, they were and aston martin money finished sure. the aston martin finished the project and it was sort of you know the design of the valkyrie was penned from Adrian Newey, and then they sort of they distanced themselves and obviously as we know aston martin now have their own formula one team they're no longer the association with red bull so once that Sort of falling out happened. I think Adrian went back to Christian Horner and Red Bull and said, "Okay, well, let's just pick up where I left off and actually build the car that yeah, I wanted to yeah. theoretically." So that's the rumor. I think it's a hybrid V eight. It's going to be twelve fifty horsepower rather than a thousand or so. That's in the Valkyrie, but same kind of thing. Heavily track focused, mainly a track day toy that could be road legalised rather than a gt3 rs type thing you know right. it, it's a track day
2: yeah 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 so it's m- m- more like a valkyrie or a senna or something like valkyrie
1: that. valkyrie
2: amr right okay oh wow they're
1: like like it's going to be basically a track day toy that you could road legalize right. if you needed to right, type thing. okay um only about 50 cars i think i right. are saying they're all sold but it's likely to be unveiled this year oh wow wow interesting and intriguing yeah and in our whole chat of aston martin valkyries and all this kind of stuff Obviously very excited that Aston Martin now said that they want to take that car to Le Mans. That mm. will completely change the identity of that car that depending will, on yeah. what it achieves. But will the Adrian Newey design, developed, delivered car from Red Bull, the championship winning Formula One team, hold more weight or merit than the Aston Martin badged? Adrian Newey penned Valkyrie. It's quite a weird thing, isn't it? I think so. As history goes on, which one are we going to look back on? Obviously, we haven't seen the RB17 yet, we don't know much about it, apart from the very top line details. like
2: a Gordon Murray car, they'll be all getting really excited because of because of Adrian Newey compared to like Gordon Murray, you know. Yeah, you know, the, the designer
1: sort of carries more weight than the actual product. You know, yeah. we don't know the product yet. But yeah. um I, I look, I'm intrigued. Yeah. I'm excited. It's Red Bull's first foray into road cars. And he is a bit of a genius, Adrian Newey, in the same way that Gordon Murray is. So this is him without his hands being tied by a major manufacturer. Yeah. And they've obviously found 50 people to... Sell it
2: too, because they're all sold.
1: Yeah, so that's it. Well, if you're a billionaire and someone comes up to this is the Adrian New, this is what the Valkyrie should have been. Yeah, yeah. Because a... I know a couple of people who walked away from Valkyrie when Adrian Newey walked yeah, away from it. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. This could be the car for it's them. Another car for their collection. Yeah, super yeah, yeah. interesting. But also interesting that it's mild hybrid V eight, mm-hmm. um, which you know is I guess Aston Martin engine. No, I don't. I... Let's just see if they've got details on that. I don't know if the engine. That's what. That's where what I'm it's saying. from. Is, is it is it is it Honda derived or what 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 is it? Is it, is it... But don't forget, to say is it a Honda... That's a Formula One engine. To for, say is it a Honda Drive... I don't think it's... a size that, of Valkyrie. No, but they're not putting it Because that's a hybrid V6. Fair. But a Formula, no, it's not a Formula One engine in the Valkyrie. Yeah, it's a Cosworth-developed it, specific car engine for that car. It's nothing to do with F1.
2: Yeah, but they... The, the, it might not be having anything to do with F1, but they rode it on the... You know, the marketing was very heavily it's like the amg project one thing it was
1: all but rev- that is that is a developed f1 engine
2: yeah yeah but what i'm saying is we're all marketed around these are equivalent to f1 cars whether they're not whether they're not f1 engines or not you know like the aero and this and that i think i you think know what i mean
1: i think yes i think the valkyrie claimed it had insight aero insights from an f1 designer. Yeah. Um, Project One claimed it was a variation of the F1 engine, which we now know is a very diluted version <laughs> of. Yeah. Um, but I definitely don't think Valkyrie ever claimed it was an F1 engine. Right. Um, the one that is is that weird Solus GT from McLaren, which is like a bar. Isn't it a Judd bastardised n- n- Le Mans engine or something no, like that? I don't know. Um, well, I, I, they, they all go over my head, mate. So hold on, a let's see if they talk about the engine. Red Bull Advanced Technologies. This is an auto car article. There's a lot in common between this and Formula One car in terms of its engineering principles and used to design it. We know how loud it Gray added, the hybrid unit's power contribution will be significant. Oh, okay. Uh, Horne said, it will sound fantastic, like a track car should. He declined to reveal powertrain details, but said the power unit will be produced to our specification by a third party, not by the nascent Red Bull powertrains division. Mm-hmm. So I mean, it's probably going to be Cosworth or something like that. You know, yeah, who's got a good V8? Yeah, a hybrid V8. I mean, yeah. I think that's uh, interesting. I think I think it's interesting. They said, uh, oh no, sorry. News said the unit will be a twin turbo V8. What is going on? I'm confused by this now. Further clar- clarified that the power unit will be a twin turbo V8. It's a BMW with engine, ERS. It's a BMW. So twin turbo was a hybrid. I thought it was a hybrid. Yeah, it is a hybrid. A hybrid twin turbo V8. Yeah. Bloody hell. There we go. But it's an M5 engine. Got there in the end. I'm
2: uh, um, not <laughs> it is.
1: Well, from from Formula One derived uh, uh, ice engines. Uh, well, not completely. Anyway, I don't know what I'm trying to do. I'm <laughs> trying to segue carefully here, and I'm not doing very well. <laughs> Rimac have come out with quite an interesting statement. So you know, you know about Rimac, right? I know about them. Yeah, of I know course. Them. And you know about their founder Mate Rimac, who is now I guess CEO of Bugatti as well, or something like that. Oh. Well, he will be involved with Bugatti for sure, yeah. Well, part-owner. The part-owner, but owns it, yeah. Anyway, total G. And quite a visionary, because uh-huh. whatever you think of Rimac and their cars themselves, a bit like with Tesla, <clears throat> where he's been a genius, is in development of technologies. Yeah. You know, of batteries and all of these different things. Yeah. Long story short, he's come out and said that, that Rimac's next supercar might not be battery electric, as in a BEV. Hmm. So what he said is that they are looking at all kinds of future technologies because that's what RIMAC really represents. And one area that they're quite intrigued by is hmm, nanocell. Don't know what that is. <laughs> nanocell electric technology. So this is a way to use diesel, hydrogen, or even just petroleum to fuel. An electric motor.
2: Oh, I think he's a genius there. I think mean, what he's done, I think this could be the real reason why he's got involved with Bugatti.
1: I've, so... I
2: think he knows what's coming.
1: He said the reason that they're looking into it, and apparently they're investing in or, or, or analysing a small company that are leading the way in this technology, is for sports cars, mm. i.e. the Rimac supercars, the Hi- uh, Bugatti hypercars, etc. It gets rid of the whole weight issue yeah, and we
2: always, the general public, always thought, I mean, there's, there'll be definitely a reason why he's purchased Bugatti. Well, it's such a complicated it's deal, so isn't it? complicated, <laughs> It's so complicated, but what I'm saying is, he's got in bed with Bugatti. And Porsche. And Porsche. And VW. And... <laughs> yeah, yeah because the, we always thought, well, he's got involved because the new Bugattis are going to be all electric and they're going to take RIMAX tech but maybe the bloke's actually an absolute genius and it's going to be the other way around. But this is the thing
1: is, I think he is a genius. Yeah. I, I was lucky enough to meet him at one point and I learned a bit about his history. And it, like he built like a, an electric M3 when he was like 16. Yeah, I, I mean, like yeah. he's just a bit too forward thinking. It's a yeah, bit unnerving. Yeah. And he's definitely clocked onto the fact that batteries, not electric, but batteries are not great when it comes to sports cars mm. and that there may it may be worth looking into other technologies. Now, in the release or the article that I saw, he obviously admitted that, of course, there are still emissions. If you're using a, any kind of fuel, you're still going to have emissions. But I think it's something like 80% more efficient or effective using nano cell technology rather than a battery in terms of powering an electric motor or, or a combustion engine. So essentially the emissions are a lot lower. The efficiency is a lot greater. Um and it it's something that you could look at for the likes of a Bugatti or a Romax Supercar Fry. We always know that hybrid feels like it might be a solution that is way more adoptable in a quicker sense and, and especially give options for the likes of Ferrari, Porsche. If Formula One had been leading the technology of hybrids for X amount of years, yeah, that's gonna come down to road cars. Yeah. More and more so. Um the development of cleaner fuels, I sent fuels, you know, my work with P one fuels has taught me a lot. Yeah, of, yeah. You know, that's one option. So I just find it fascinating that the guy who's really led the way in terms of an Elon technology. Yes. And Elon, but Rimac in a sort of advanced technologies ways, you know, yeah. I think Elon's been a mass consumer yeah, yeah, technology yeah. kind of way and infrastructure has been his big thing with yeah. the supercharger network where Rimac have been like, for what's called um charging no that's pun intended (laughs) anyway (laughs) leaders in terms of sports car battery, but tech you know they do so much which goes under the radar which you don't know yeah it's rimac technology being used in x car y car z car that he's come out saying well look you know we're now starting to look at things that are non-battery because obviously you know batteries as well they take a lot of resources out of the world that they're hard to produce, they're hard to get rid of. You know, there's not... Batteries aren't great. Electric vehicles are one thing, but batteries aren't great. I think we should take some credit. I bet he listens to the
2: podcast and he's thought, <laughs> these boys, they're onto something here. I'm going to create something and I'm going to credit
1: them when I've done it. It's another I told you so t-shirt moment. We should send them on. Oh, actually on that. Hold on. Uh, yeah. Uh Actually, no. Oh. I was about to tease. Right behind the camera, we have prototype... Behind-the-glass merch, Tony. Oh. Pot- and I was about to show it on camera, but I thought, actually, no. No. Let's hold tight. Just hang that- on a minute. Yeah, hang on a minute. Yeah. but And also, in that pile, there's not an I told you so t-shirt, which is coming soon, because... <laughs> clearly Matt O'Reilly needs one yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah so so I think too I know hypercars are not usually our jam usually and we're a bit like why they just go snore. over
2: my head that's, but that's know, two quite interesting hypercars I very think very interesting because it's the future mate it's the future we're we trying to look into the future aren't we yeah you know we don't want to be old men
1: they no, We are or old. bring back the Mondeo <laughs> <laughs> yeah. what an engine <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyway well yeah. let's watch this space but um, that's a bit of car kind of news I say sorry that we didn't have have McCann EV chat let me just see Hansa I'm going to triple check that hasn't come through whilst we've been um that's a
2: topic by the way as you said that bring back the engine oh,
1: modern en- no, no no
2: no engines that have died that were fantastic as in brilliant the v- engine the V10 that, that have like they're just no more as in you know there'll be loads go on name one the Mondeo V6 engine oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah really no but do you want to do a whole no, episode uh, on that? I mean, we can talk some crap. But I don't think we can do that for an hour. I mean, we're
1: I rock- struggle a bit there with the whole like engine thing. But what? I'm just not because for me a car is yes soul, emotion, character, personality but also looks and aesthetic. And I know the engine is 90% of that for sure, but I don't, can we talk about it? Because I don't buy a car and go, Oh, because it's got the B58 turbo injected. You know, I'm like, I'm like, you don't buy a car for an engine. Yes. And no, of course the engine is a huge part of it, but it's not the price. I don't buy a car because it has that V8, or I don't seek out a car because I think it's got the greatest V6. Like, do you know what I mean? Oh,
2: I think a lot of people buy the car just for the engine, mate. I'm 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 pretty sure that that a lot of people buy cars because of the
1: engine. It's like it's like ordering a person with no heart. I'm sure you're right. And obviously the F8 tributo is a send-off to the greatest Ferrari engine ever made. And you know I don't know what the accent was. Um it wasn't Italian. <laughs> <And then laughs> I I I am totally with you. I'm definitely not disagreeing with you because Engine is sole character personality. My Challenge for Dali is the engine. Yeah. But I also don't care about engines. Like I couldn't tell you if we did a whole episode on great engines that ceased to have existed, I couldn't name you one. You wouldn't you wouldn't have bought that Challenge for Dali if it had a two litre four Agreed. engine in it. I totally agree. Yeah. Well, but, there you go. This but, is about but, the engine. Agree. <laughs> I'm not. Disagree- <laughs> so what, then? I'm not disagreeing with you, but I couldn't name you one engine that has ceased to exist that I miss. I oh. couldn't do it. Mm. You did the Mondeo V6, like, cool, mate. Fair. If the V8 as an engine in general died, I would miss it.
2: Well, I'll tell you an engine that we that we both love, which is dying, the Merc V8 engine, the twin turbo one. I mean, it is still around, mate, but it's but it's dying. It's in lesser and lesser models. It'll be
1: dead in a minute. But the V8 will still exist in some shape or form in other cars. I say, I will miss a certain... Like, we talked about the V10 maybe going. If the V10 completely dies from existence, I will be sad. It's an iconic sounding and acting engine. But I don't miss a specific engine. That's what I'm trying to say. Right. I love V8s, and that's why, you know, the Ciancialli V8 is amazing. And you're right, if I had a two-litre four-cylinder, well, I wouldn't have bought it. <laughs> it's, I'm, I just mean specific engines versus engine types. That's what I'm trying to say. I like a V8. V8 is my go-to. I like a V12 in certain oh, situations. I'll tell, you what,
2: I'll tell you what a lot of people are miss. The, uh, the Speciali engine. I know, I know but that's a specific engine. Yeah, fair, but, but, but it, 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 it's not here anymore. It, they'll miss it. The
1: naturally aspirated the, Ferrari v Yeah,
2: yeah. I, I, I don't necessarily miss that particular engine personally, but but a lot of people would miss that. Yeah,
1: but but it still exists. You go buy it. Do you know what I mean? Like, I'm all for. You can't order it in a I car like now. The, I like the. Um, the 296 engine. I like the 488 engine. I like the F8 Tributo. I Me I like too. the P-ster. Me too. So I'm a bit like, you. Can, if you really, really miss that old natural, go and buy a It's the best investment you can make. Do yep. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, 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 so I just, don't, I don't have that same, I don't know how to explain it. I, I know what you're trying to say, mate, but,
2: yeah, I don't think we could talk about it for an hour, could we? No. no. <laughs> well, I couldn't.
1: No. I couldn't. It's, it I is couldn't. the makeup and the personality of a car. Yeah. But as I say, like, I just go and buy a different car. I, just, no. I don't know.
2: The V10 M5. Yeah, cool. Gone. gone. Well, no, but but, but, but terrible. Well, it's not gone. Go and buy it. No, but you can't order it anymore. No, Why do you think some of these manufacturers are going back to their roots? And bringing all these retro cars back out. But again do you want a V10M? I mean, no, I could not think of anything worse. <gasps> but but there's, there are people out there that would have got in the modern car and gone wished. Oh, wish this had a V10 in it now.
1: Okay, so maybe you're getting to the crux of the argument, and maybe that's what we could talk about, which is cars or models or manufacturers that have have changed for the worse. Yeah. So the C63. For oh, example. That's it. So that maybe and when, when when the V when the M3 went from V8 to straight six. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe it's those.
2: But I don't think that was for the worst, personally. <laughs> but 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 yeah, I know what I mean. There'll be people. No, but I think I agree with you. But so there- <laughs> I don't really know what this topic is. But there will be people out there now that are in a new M3. That yeah, wish yes, okay. had a V that you could have a V like the RS four that's got an yes. NA V eight in it.
1: It's the same people that will refuse to buy a liquid cooled nine eleven that will only buy an air cooled nine eleven. Yeah, it's that. It's so that's what it is. Yeah, and I couldn't care less. Me too. I would buy a nine nine six, a nine nine seven, a nine thirty, a three five. Like, so, I would buy a modern GT three. For- <laughs> <laughs> okay so yeah I, n- there we go right. i think i just personally yeah i don't get hung up on it no i'm not hung up on it but i think the people would like it. i think a 296 is as great as a 360 in as many ways well, as a as car it. it's way better yeah like as a, as a machine yeah maybe not as a I've sounding dug, engine i hope i've dug myself out that hole
2: no you have mate. but but that's another thing 296 for your challenge engine isn't it is that going to be better or worse one of the, you know, uh, yeah, because the engine
1: is special.
2: It's, it's, it's the, in my opinion, it, it is why you go
1: and buy one. Astra yeah. yeah. You're right, it, it is. Yeah. So what then? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe this is a whole this episode. That's what I'm saying. It's, it's thing, mate. a thing. get episode. them all rolled up. They'll love it.
2: <laughs> I'd be fuming. There'd be there'd be millions of people going in on it.
1: There'll be a million people right now saying that I am not a petrol head i'm not a true if i think engines aren't important <laughs> i don't understand uh, cars. if
2: you think the 296 is a better car and a challenge to dali you, you are not a petrol head <sighs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> let's just fold up this podcast and leave anyway we'll draw a line out under there before i get myself into any more trouble um maybe we should come back to that let us know your <laughs> thoughts on the is it spe- it's specific now i don't even know how to specific do it's you it's a car crash basically uh, <laughs> very awkward topic to discuss it, uh, are there any older
2: engines that, that would make Spe- a modern
1: car better they yeah. are yeah okay fine Yes, that so is the, the Bring an to, old engine. Back. It bring an old engine, a specific, yeah, an old engine, and put it in the new car. Car is it better? So the RS four V eight in the new one, or a Challenge Stradale engine in a two nine six? I think They're everyone's going to say yes, aren't they? <laughs> I think everyone's going to say yes. Yeah.
2: No, I wouldn't say yes, because I think always manufacturers get better. Yes they don't get worse to sell you a better product don't they
1: oh what a messy topic (laughs) (laughs) let's wrap things up I hope you've enjoyed this week's episode Uh, if you want to follow Tony in the meantime and see all these cars that he's buying and selling uh, mainly selling apparently uh, you can follow him at Tony Groverwood car sales on most social media platforms I'm at seen through glass this podcast is at behind the glass underscore underscore podcast a reminder audio versions of these episodes go live a few days before the YouTube episodes but you can find both on Spotify Apple Podcasts, most podcast players YouTube as well we everywhere check us out check out our back catalogue and we'll be back with you with fresh topics probably the mccann ev chat next week bye bye see ya